Be honest, this was the second game in a row you went out early in the first quarter. I'm just curious what was going on there. I wanted to, uh, what the hell you guys say politely, I wanted to take a, a tinkle. A tinkle? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to take a tinkle and came back. Yeah. That's, it. That's, that's polite, right? Tinkle is polite, yeah. Both games. I wanted to take a tinkle and went back. What does second cousins mean? <laughs> well, it's not. It's not. I, I can't. I don't want to go in. All right. I just, when people say it, I, I never know what they mean or what you're allowed to do <laughs> when you're a second cousin. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I'm just talking about. No. I don't know what a second cousin means. I am so grateful for this commercial right now. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. All right, hold on. We got to get to both of those. Was that last night? No, it's from 2018, but it's because I was watching it with the... I was watching the game with closed captioning. It kept turning on closed captioning, and Van Getty said something that I was just like, is he even watching the game anymore? (laughs) Was it a blowout in 2018? And no, no. I think the score was like it was a. I want to say it was a Spurs Rockets game that was like an eight point difference in the <laughs> in the third quarter. I'll say this: a sidebar to that. I think one of the most underrated guys who does this is Mike Breen because he plays off those guys. He kind of just stays in the middle. When that happened, like I can Mike Breen is great. Like I can th- thank God we're going to this commercial. Like I actually think he's really good cuz he doesn't get It's funny cuz he's a play-by-play guy who doesn't seem to get in the way. And play-by-play guys are obviously talking the most, but between Van Gundy and Jackson, you just kind of got to get out of the way a lot of times, and he does a really good job. Now the second cousin thing, I didn't know anything about that. That was weird. <laughs> no. That was very strange. More importantly, Giannis had to tinkle. Yeah, that was good. Both and games. That was good. If anyone, you'd have to be a really devoted listener to know this. But if you recognize the voice who asked Giannis the question, it was your own Weitzman, who we have had on the show multiple times to talk about the NBA. He covers it for Fox Sports. He wrote an entire story. On tinkling? On players leaving games to go take a dump. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) Jerome was very happy to not only ask that question, but to get that answer because he is he is the leading expert in the world on NBA players leaving to go to the bathroom. See, I'm glad he did it on NBA players because the last time I heard people uh, getting uh, ripped for taking a dump, it was media at the Rams practice, and they had to go to the porta potty. No, it was during, Lamar Jackson. Was it Lamar Jackson? Who was who was it at the Rams? With didn't McVay yeah, talk McVay, about that McVay during Hard Knocks? McVay blamed Hard Knocks. Yeah. He's like, it's the media with hard knocks. Yeah, it's the media. Media's the only one who has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, it wasn't even It wasn't even. he was mad that they used the bathroom. It was, you can't be taking dumps in the porta potty. Yeah, in the porta potty. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and right. What's the porta potty for? Come on now. That's what it's there for. It's there for, oh, God. Yaron's <laughs> making like an entire career out of like bodily fluids. Yes. <laughs> Which is second only to making a career out of fake horses. Yes, exactly. Like so. if I had to list off my dream job, that would be number two behind fake horses. Absolutely. So number two. Okay. I like yes. I like Giannis. This is a this That's is cool. a semi serious, semi joking question. But like he's gotta plan his bathroom breaks better than that, right? You can't have to leave a finals game to, I mean, like two I, minutes in. This isn't like the think, second quarter when he's been out there for an hour. I think Jared and I are going to be on the same page here. I don't want to really 
I don't really want to comment or guess. On, I don't want to break down or guess breaks? why someone specifically's body tells him it's time to go to the bathroom. I mean, I would rather him. I would rather him just go out early instead of being like, "Well, I played the whole entire first half holding it." Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, go to the bathroom before the game starts. Well, he might oh, do that too. Maybe what's he drinking? Maybe it's who an, knows. Maybe that's the thing. We don't know much about him in that sense. Smoothies. Thank and God. When you go on a road trip, do you go to the bathroom before you leave your house? You mean when I'm going to the airport? Have you never driven anywhere longer than 30 minutes? I just take Ubers. You mean before the Uber comes, I go to the bathroom? Because, you know, you don't want to get caught. Am I? Am I you? I'm, yes. I guess. <laughs> I'm, yes. Giannis is playing in the NBA Finals. You don't yes, want to if caught. we're driving to like California to take my daughter at school, I'll probably uh, make a stop before we get in the car. Right. Okay. Am I the only one that's like that is a weird level of body control that I'm like, if I don't have to go, I don't have to go. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We don't know enough about him to where when he has to go. I mean, before the game, I don't have to go, but I'm going to try to because I might in the halftime have to go. Outside of the 30 minutes after I just peed, I can always pee. Yeah, you drink a ton of water, though. That has a lot to do with it. Yeah. If I if I if we're going somewhere, I can always go pee. Stop. No, I'm saying if like if I have to go somewhere for a long time, like if I'm on a road trip or somewhere, right. I'm like I'm not going to go to the bathroom for four hours. Right. I can go to the bathroom right before that. Even if I even if oh, I went to I the bathroom like yeah, an hour yeah, before. Yeah, I take Jared's my shot. saying he yeah. can't just go unless I've been drinking heavily. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just like and you drink like seven energy drinks a morning. Where does it all go? Straight into your blood. I mean, yeah, it basically leaches all the water out of my blood. <laughs> I see what My you're saying. My blood is sort I of a paste. There's very few times. Boy, we're getting into some weird yeah, stuff we on this got show. It. I almost am like, we are just can we bring like, back I mean, the fake horses? If people Christ. ever listen to this podcast, like, what are these dudes doing? I, there are very few times before the trip I go, but I can't. You know, If right. I'm going in, I'll take care of some business. Right. Yes. <laughs> So do it before the finals game starts, Giannis. It could, it could also be that he gets like so hyped up before a game that he's like kind of on an adrenaline rush, and then once he starts playing, he like calms yeah. down enough that he's like, "Oh, crap!" Wouldn't that be the I forgot. Other way around? I forgot. Wouldn't it be once you're playing and and actively doing something, your body ignores those signals and says, "No, you don't have to go to the bathroom right now." I, I don't know. But I guess saying. if you're if the, plan your bathroom breaks better. Do you if you're a urologist, is please there a reach chance we'll get a urologist on, on before the long snapper of the Raiders? Yes, hundred percent. There's a hundred percent chance if you're listening to the show tomorrow, we have a urologist on, and hundred percent chance we'll never have the long snapper of the Raiders. All right. If you guys don't want to talk about Giannis tinkling anymore, uh, what the hell happened to Chris Paul? Not he, good. Not he, good. He had 10 points on 5, five turnovers. 13 shooting with 5 turnovers. Five turnovers. And, and a is, really bad one at the yeah, end. And the, the turnover that basically led to the yeah. end of the game. I mean, the Bucks get a layup to go up 4 with under a minute, and that's that's the game there. The Okay, the bizarre part about the turnovers is that Chris Paul has been so good at not turning the ball over in the playoffs. Like, that, like the Suns take the most mid-range jumpers in basketball. The mid-range shot isn't an efficient shot, even though they shoot it pretty well. But at the end of the day... A mid-range jumper is always better than a turnover. And that's part of the key to why the Suns can have a good offense despite shooting so many mid-range jumpers is they do not turn the ball over. He had five. Booker had four. As a team, they had 17. Like, it's brutal. And then to have the one late and for Chris Paul to really not be a factor offensively, I think the biggest thing to me with Chris Paul is he just 
wasn't aggressive? Well, like Chris Paul in game four of the NBA Finals should take more than 13 shots. Right. I mean, when Devin Booker's taking 28, and I know he played well, Chris Paul to only have 13 shots over an entire game, like, that's not really good for him. And, I, you know, given how he would shoot, whatever, probably maybe not even good for his team. Because here's the the Suns' offensive strategy, for the most part. When the Bucks switch ball screens, which they switch everything that doesn't involve Robin Lopez, for the most part... (laughs) Because we saw what that happened. Yeah, not good. We saw first game when they when it involved Robin Lopez. It wasn't good. But the Bucks gen, or the Suns' general game plan is to get either Devin Booker or Chris Paul a ball screen that then switches like Bobby Portis or Pat Connaughton <laughs> onto Chris Paul or Devin Booker. That's their game plan. Is okay. Get your get their weakest defender. Get the guy that's the biggest mismatch onto Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And Devin Booker yesterday, even though he didn't really create layups, and the the Bucks did a really good job defending him. He just made tough shots. Devin Booker was extremely aggressive attacking those switches. Chris Paul wasn't. Like he like he would get Bobby Portis on him and either would pass out of it or couldn't beat Bobby Portis off the dribble. It was bizarre because they're they're getting the same exact looks or the same exact, you know, switch and and game plan that they want or that they've been getting for the last 3 games and Chris Paul just didn't do anything. Maybe was, he's just mad that he didn't get Connaughton. Did you see that guy trying to guard Booker? <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> I mean, he was pissed that he got Bobby Porter. Said, "No, no, give me Connaughton, that guy over there who can't guard anybody." I never got him. I get Bobby. I mean, Bobby Portis isn't a great defender, but he's better than that Connaughton guy over there. So, if you're the Suns right now, you're looking at the last two games where we've talked about it plenty. The the Bucks are getting layups, and the Suns can't get layups. But maybe more importantly than that, the last two games. Devin Booker was bad in game three and Chris Paul was bad in game four. And the way we've talked about Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and how somebody's got to be number two for Giannis for them to win games in this series. Are, are we confident the Bucks are going to get a good game out of Booker and Chris Paul in games five, six and seven of this series? They better get it out of five. And then they don't both. get it out of five. Then if they both don't get it out of five, then they're probably going yeah. back to Milwaukee to lose it. Yeah, and like that's what we've seen in this series. They've got to have both of those guys have a good game for them to have a win. And the last two times, only one of them has had a good game. And so, I mean, I would expect Chris Paul's going to have a really good game five. He's been phenomenal throughout the playoffs, and that's really the that's more of the outlier. But the Bucs have been good defensively. The Bucs deserve some credit for this as well. Like, I'm ripping on Chris Paul, but the Bucs deserve credit for this as well. I I don't know how confident you are. After, after that game where Chris Paul is sort of a non-factor and Devin Booker hit a bunch of tough shots. Not easy shots. Tough right, shots. Right. I don't know how you look at right. game four and think you're getting good point production out of those two again. Right, because as incredible as Booker is, again, as good as he is, a lot of those shots... If he takes them on Saturday, I don't know if most or a lot of them are oh, going in. Yeah. So it's like, and if Paul's just as bad, then the Bucks are winning the game, and they're winning by twenty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if Devin Phoenix is laying four, if that happens, that's yeah. a good dog to take right now because the Bucks are going to win. Now again, how do I get a sixty point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're laying four by this afternoon. The Bucks will be favored by twenty-seven points. <laughs> now again. What what I think is the most fascinating though is like when you get to NBA playoff series and especially the finals, like there's a lot made of the adjustments that team makes and, and how they guard things or how they, you know, try to attack certain defenses. What are the Suns going to do to get layups? Like they have to get layups to win this series, and they they can't. And the Bucs are really good defensively. The Bucs are a team that are able to take that away from teams. 
but they have to be able to get more well, than 11 layups in a game. With Giannis, and I assume on ball screens, Lopez is continuing to drop. Well, only when he's in there. The rest of them, okay. they switch everything. Well, they, in those situations, you think they should at least try to get there, even with Giannis there. Yeah. I mean, I understand when, when Lopez is in there and he drops down, you're just not getting a layup, but you, that allows you to take the mid-range shot. And yeah. They make a lot of those. Like, the, the credit the Bucks deserve last night is, like, Bobby Portis deserves a lot, even Pat Connaughton and P.J. Tucker, where when they got switched on to Devin Booker, they didn't get blown by. Like right. they, they they made him make tough shots. Right. Yeah. Like they didn't give up the blow by layup. Yes. And that's like the key to the Bucks defense is they don't give up these layups. But normally it's because, oh, Giannis is standing there yes. and he'll prevent the layup. Or or even Lopez is giant and he'll stop it too. But when like when Devin Booker and Chris Paul can't get around Bobby Portis, because the other part of this is okay, you beat Bobby Portis off the dribble, here comes Lopez or Giannis to prevent a layup. Kick out three, well, right? Kick out three, they didn't or get those either. Yesterday, that's how they got them in game two. They got a lot of kick out threes, and they hit twenty of them. They're not getting those either because they they can't get past Bobby Portis. Kick out three, or if, other than the last most important game of uh, play of his career, uh, I would assume Aiton's going to be Aiton's when right, they can yeah. help. Aiton's going to be open either lob from dunk or get it to him. Yeah, and that's and Aiton has been phenomenal the entire playoffs. Of yeah, when guys help or even just show yeah, a step or two off of, yeah. you dump it to him and he dunks it. He's been he's, he's what was it? Before game three, he was shooting like yeah. 80% around the rim. At one point, he was 21 of 22 <laughs> from the field. Like, yeah. I will say uh, on Connaughton, I didn't give him enough credit because he hit a huge three. He did. Uh, down. So he I, did. You know, he didn't guard any, but he, I, that was a big shot, actually. I mean, they, the, the Suns are picking on him, and if yes. they keep doing that, they're going to – I mean, eventually, they're going to get good shots out of it, but are they going to get enough good shots to beat the Bucks? who keep – Giannis gets a layup on every possession that he wants. They will win if Giannis has six tinkles. <laughs> if he has to tinkle six times, then I'm, I am absolutely laying the four on Saturday. If you're Chris Paul, are you, like, yes, handing water yes, to Giannis exactly. during every Can time you imagine out? Chris Paul telling the train – more water for yeah, that guy over there. He's leaving his huddle to – here, Giannis, yes, exactly. you need to hydrate. Get, some, get hydrate. some water over here. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs, where I'm going to shame bad soccer Bischoff's briefs. So I, uh, I figured it out. My hot dogs come in packages of ten, and hot dog buns come in packages of eight. Bischoff's briefs. See, the thing is that life doesn't always work out according to plan. Bischoff's briefs. So be happy with what you got. So you can always get a hot dog. Bischoff's Briefs. Have you seen the reports of what English fans did during the European final? No, I I stopped reading about English fans after the uh, after the match against um, Italy and what they did to those three poor guys. So I stopped reading about that. So outside of them racially abusing <laughs> these three yes. players that miss penalties. Uh, multiple stewards at Wembley were injured because fans were trying to force their way in that did not have tickets. Uh, many fans did force their way in without tickets. Uh, apparently, multiple stewards were racially abused by fans as well. Uh, English fans fought each other in the crowd, and there were multiple reports of fans doing cocaine in the stands. 
So basically, English fans could not handle that their team was even moderately successful for the first time in like 30-something years. (laughs) And now we're at a point where England might not be able to actually get the World Cup the next time they do bidding for, I think it's the 2030 World Cup is the next one that's up. Like, because they just tried to host the European final and their fans were a nightmare just because England was there. I mean, obviously, England can host it if England's not even going to be in the tournament. So maybe we can give it to them and just ban them from the tournament, which I'm okay with. But, like, what the hell is that? How, like, how are there so many people that are just like, why well, didn't buy a ticket? I'm just going to force my way into the stadium. Who the hell's thought process is that? What is that? Are you asking me? I I don't know. <laughs> they're, maybe they're, it's a rhetorical question. No, I, mean, I, I think it's a rhetorical question. I mean, what, English soccer fans. What no, the uh, hell is that? I mean, these are also, like... Non people who are not on the team have nothing to do with competing. Go and fight other people. I was going to say like, the whole like, the whole hooligan history and the whole idea that they're just going to cause havoc and violence. It doesn't. Maybe I'm. Should I be surprised that I'm not surprised? I don't know. I'm, I'm not surprised because I mean there were multiple fans doing cocaine in the stadium. Well, <laughs> got a tinkle. Uh, they didn't what, even do it in the bathroom. They, were, they weren't even tinkling they didn't in go the bathroom. Tinkle to do it. <laughs> Was this when, did you see the, was this, are you talking about the videos where uh, they tried rushing in and the Italian fans started decking people? Oh, I have not seen that. Yes, yes, before the final, it was a side, I felt bad, look, I felt bad for the security. If I'm a security guard at that point, I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm 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 clocking off, I'm getting the hell away from me, I'm not getting paid away. And they they were charging in, and I felt bad because one kid got, like, decked, and he might have been, like, 13, and something crazy happened. But the Italian fans were just wailing and punching on British fans who were trying to get in, uh, who were trying to get in free through like side doors. Like I said, I saw a couple security guys come up and back off. And say, uh, "Go ahead, I'm not getting involved." Well, with that. Th- this is what? How, how far removed are we from them storming a stadium and like wrecking it? Well, and so here's yeah. here's the fascinating part of this: the European Super League that was abandoned within the week that it was formed. A big reason why the European Super League was abandoned was because the fans of those teams, and a lot of them in London, were adamantly against it to the point where they were protesting outside of stadiums. And there was a Manchester United game that was postponed to another day because fans broke into the it's stadium on a game. People getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. broken when when there were no fans allowed at games. Fans right. broke into the stadium on a game day and just started throwing stuff around, and they ended up postponing a game like. That was sort of reveled as heroic, you know, fan behavior because, look, your voice matters. You're able to stop your team from doing something, even though they very clearly wanted to do it and join the Super League and get all that extra money. The fan voice was heard and it was, you know, it was, hey, this is something the fans are heroes here. They managed to stop something. But it's the same type of attitude towards, hey, my team's in the final. I should be in there watching it. I'm just going to break in. Look, there's plenty of places you can hold World, World Cups. So if this costs them that, then too bad. I agree. I mean, you're, you're, pro- I mean, you're promoting, first of all, you're promoting, it. let's say, my goodness, you know, let's say they continue to play well and they would get to a final in, in the World Cup. What, what, what do you think you'd see then? Yeah, I mean, if they were in something important, yeah, in the no, World if they're Cup. in a World Cup final and yeah. they're playing at home, I mean, fortunately they won't get there. So. No, but <laughs> think about it. I, I mean, know. what, what, what craziness would happen if they're at home for a World yeah. Cup final? Because that just happened for the European yes, final. Yes, for the Euro which, final, a massive tournament. Right. But 
it's not the World Cup. Right. So, yeah, it's a nightmare. Now, if this is how they act when they lose. If they win, they're well, going to burn London this down. This is technically before they had lost the game. Most of this happened. Well, I mean, I was even talking about the racial <laughs> abuse. And the, oh, like, yes. Well, yes, that's uh, not a deal. Oh, um, those three missing penalties in a World Cup. Kids would have to leave. They'd have to get on the first plane out. Now. Sadly. Another country's fans, who are not any good, and uh, as an American who despises the Mexican national team, I take great pride in this one. Um, the Mexican Soccer Federation is just like, they might actually get seriously punished for one. So there is a homophobic chant that is very prevalent in Mexican soccer. And <laughs> the Mexican fans chant it at national team games. And, and lights games. And it did happen at the Lights games last night, too. Oh, and last night? Yeah, very. I thought they tried it, to get rid of that, like, after the first have. season. It's very subdued to, okay. to one small section. But this chant, uh, they, they won't, their fans will not stop doing okay. it. And the Mexican Federation has been fined 15 times since 2014 by FIFA. The fines don't do anything because you're no. not, you're, the fans are the ones doing it, and they're fining the Federation. Like, the, you're, you're, you're punishing the people who aren't committing the crime. So what they have done is the the next level here is Mexico is going to play two World Cup qualifiers and it's going to have to be behind closed doors. They cannot have fans at two of their world home World Cup qualifying games. So they are now effectively punishing fans. the fans for this, which is, you know, somehow we'll get to it. But Mexico is playing in the Gold Cup right now. And what happens in the game when that chant goes off? They stop the game. They put a, you know, like a warning or whatever. And they say, hey. Do not make. Do not keep chanting. Do not do that. this. If it happens a second time during the game, the players are supposed to leave the field for ten minutes and then come back. And if it happens a third time, the game is postponed until the next day. It's actually replayed the next day, which is which ridiculous. you're just at that point you're just hurting players. Right, you're hurting these guys who are in the middle of it. That's ridiculous. And the story on ESPN talking about this, uh, the if this keeps happening. The World Cup's coming here in 2026. Yes. It is a joint World Cup, though. It is not right. just the United States. Right. Mexico's involved. Mexico's involved. If this keeps happening, the apparent threat here is that FIFA would say Mexico cannot host any of the World Cup games in 2026. That they would move all of them to the United States, and Mexico would get nothing from that. The U.S. So, could definitely have enough place oh, to host yeah, that easily. easily. And so what you're talking about for the Mexican Federation here is they would miss out on hosting some of these games— that they they wanted to host so badly because they can't get their fans to stop with this chant. They well, can't get their fans to quit doing this. And because of that, um, they could lose out on hosting World c- Cup games. Can't they be here August 1st? Or am I missing this? Who, Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's the tournament. What, that, I'm, I'm yeah, saying they like an elite. Yeah. Yeah. If they, yeah. Yeah, if they, if they keep winning, advancing. They'll be in the Gold Cup final here on August 1st. And if Mexico's in that, it'll be 70% Mexican fans. Right. Even Absolutely. if the United States is in it, like it'll be overwhelmingly mm-hmm. a Mexican home game in Vegas, and it's it's going to happen. Like that chance, if they're in oh, it, if that they're, chance, they're, yeah, if they're in allegiance, that's going to happen oh, yeah. if their team's in it. It's the last time the U.S. and Mexico just played in Denver in the Nations League final, and they had to stop the game twice during that one because of it. I this is that's the part that's I guess just so confusing to me is you're told. Stop doing this, and you, your argument is what? Like, no, we've always done it. Yeah, there are. Oh, it is, has to be the argument that this is who we are, and we're going to do this. Part of our culture, yes. And yes. Okay, part word, of your culture. The word itself is a homophobic slur. 
their argument is that they've been doing it for a long time. It's part of Mexican soccer culture, and everyone knows that it's not a homophobic slur when they say it at the goal. Even though the whole reason you're saying it at the goalie is as a homophobic slur. So if you're uh, I, uh, okay, that, but that same logic is oh, whenever I say this racial slur, right? We exactly. don't mean it. Whatever we're saying, exactly. It, well, and as the rundown here says, a country is saying this, and we're supposed to believe it from a country as the second most hate crimes right. against LGBTQ people in all of Latin America, second only to Brazil. So in one sense, your entire country is second most in hate crimes, but we're not supposed to believe that when you yell this at a at a goalie, it's not a homophobic right. slur. Like, okay, we're not yes. believing that? Yes. <laughs> like, where the, nobody believes that. Right, where the chant probably would have never even took off if it wasn't a homophobic yes. slur. Like that's, that's yeah. it probably never takes off. They probably never even think to chant that if it wasn't no. a homophobic slur. And that like but that's their argument is that well everybody knows we don't mean that the goalie is is gay and we the, hate him for it. Well, There's even no sense that, that's don't hate sen- him. Yeah. That's the thing that's not sensible at all then then what what are you saying? Right. I mean <laughs> it's it's pointless. So, yeah. I hope Mexico loses the World Cup. <laughs> Do you think they'll be here August 1st? Probably. Yeah. yeah. They, did, they did draw with Trinidad and Tobago in the first game of the Gold Cup, so and they've got two of their and, better players and, are injured and out for the tournament. And the one thing we know about Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> is that because they're two countries and they get to play as one, they can upset some people. Sounds like a fake horse name. Yeah, well, they knocked <laughs> us out of the World Cup, so I wish they were a fake horse. <laughs> Coming up next, J.R. Starkish joins the show. Ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkus. Champagne, perfume going in, sewage coming out. He's here by Liquor World. It's J.R. Starkus. Follow him on Twitter at J.R. Starkus, key account executive, Southern Glazer Wine Spirits, Nevada. It's a daiquiri month or daiquiri day. We're going to get to that. Uh, Saw this weird tweet. Uh, it's 150 degrees, and you get these kids out of these showcases, uh, obviously passing out from the heat exhaustion. Here we go again with you being completely over the top with this nonsense. Is this how you spend your vacation? Yeah, man. Uh, actually, we <laughs> we spent it a couple days at UNLV, and then we we gave them some reprieve. So we actually, uh, oh. we in, uh, I'm in California with them this today and tomorrow through the weekend. Can you imagine Starkus at the beach with the kid? Kid just wants to go body surfing. Starkus pulls out the wiffle ball. Because we got to take no, some, sw- some swings. Got to take some swings. We have to run sprints through the through the uh, through the sand. You know, got to increase the speed. Boy, burn the calves out. <laughs> yeah, wiffle, yeah. Got to swim against the, the swim against the waves. Yeah, wiffle ball you know? on the beach sounds fun though. I want to play wiffle ball <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> not, not with Jr. Though Jr. No, is going to be yeah no. critiquing my swing and telling me weird about it. Yeah. Get mad if we hit it into the ocean. We got to go dive in and get the ball because he's got to throw more BP to the kid. I would just strike you out. I mean, I would just. Oh, <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even have to run. You wouldn't have to run, Tyler. I'd just strike you out. Are you at the beach? Uh, we will this weekend. Uh, he's actually in front of some college coaches today and tomorrow. Nah, why wouldn't um, he be? So, we, we'll, so we'll be we'll be out there. Uh, we'll be over there. We can ask him when he was here. I said. Hey, do you do you want to play while you're down there? Or you just want to show. It? He's like, no, nah, we'll we'll let's let's enjoy it. I said, okay, fine. So no no games this weekend for the first time in a while, but we will uh, we will enjoy the beach together. Wow, good for getting him for soft. choosing the vacation. Yeah. I, the, the smart decision by the kid. Yeah, I'm getting soft. You know, it's like I'm starting to make him let him make his own decisions now. <laughs> did, did you actually? <laughs> did you bring the wife? Yeah, she's with us too. She decided well. that she wanted to come. No, because I said, because it wasn't just baseball. She's like, oh, we're going to go to the beach. I'll come. I'm like, yeah, okay. That poor woman. (laughs) She went on a vacation for the next five years. 
Uh, hey, next year, next year she's got a vacation. We already know what it is because we're it's twenty years anniversary for the oh. two of us. So next year we got a we got a big one for us. So what are you I doing? Her, I said, we're going to go back. We got married in Atlantis, so every oh. ten years we go back. So the uh, or twenty years we're going to go back to Atlantis and uh, celebrate our anniversary out there. That sounds good. I recently celebrated twenty five years. We went to Tropical Smoothie, so I'm kind of on the same kind of on the same plateau with you that it's you went tropic, to Atlantis. Tropic, and, tropic, tropic, uh, well, whatever. I was able to get the extra dark chocolate and the mocha madness. Usually that costs too much, so uh, I was able to get that baby. <laughs> is, is, yeah. there, is there yeah. a baseball tournament in Atlantis? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, uh, don't I wish? Don't I wish? <laughs> yeah. God forbid you go and have fun. Uh, yeah. Jr., what do you know about fake horses? Oh, man, I moved past fake horses. I'm on the fake dog racing now, so fake dog racing's where it's at, man. Does I that exist? I can't tell if he's joking or not. <laughs> well, hold on. If you're not joking, we have our new business venture, because if it's even half the money they're making off these horses, I will absolutely do fake dog racing. I have no idea what the heck fake dog racing is or fake horse racing no, is. Uh, but I, I, I am thrilled that I intrigued you so greatly off of just a one-sentence you did. Uh, yeah, dog yeah. Racing. I'm starting to think about it, man, how much money we're making. So wait, wait, do you want to know about fake horse racing? Well, I've been hearing you talk about it. Is it like, yes, I want to know about it because it's, it sounds crazy enough to be interesting, and I'm oh. glad you're in, into it so much because I heard you say something about, like, fake. there's fake horse breeding, oh, yes. there's fake horse selling, yes. there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, you, you, you buy, sell, breed, it's great. Your you're, uh, fillies can only breed once a month. Your colts can breed three times a month. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's phenomenal. <laughs> the you fillies can only breed one time a month, but they can run 66 yes. races in the same yes. day. Now, so they're all tired out from the racing. So, you know, the other stuff, they got to wait. Now, on. when you breed them, they got to go into a waiting period for 24 hours. So they can't. Oh, yeah. They Why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, yeah. It makes sense. There. Yeah, it sure but, makes yeah, sense. Oh, a lot. no, absolutely. Like we have the, the five of us, our group, we have, we're, we're down to 20 horses now because we've been making. Some sales, but we are, you know, we bought our first horse for $900, and now we're up 2000 bucks overall. So you're like, like during the Kentucky Derby, I think it was, they had those like five college baseball teammates that all got into horse racing together because they wanted to do something after high school to keep them together. This is like you and your buddies, but you're doing it in the fake realm. Yes, exactly. And so we don't have to like feed these stupid things or anything. They just show up and yeah. race. It's, it's unbelievably low maintenance. Do you have, is there a fake horse trainer? No, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. We don't feed them. There's no trainer. There's no jockey. The horses just run just naked down the track. It's phenomenal. So how do you, who made the rule book on this thing? What, the what millionaires you, who yeah. own it. What do you mean? There's like creators. What, what's your definition creators. of rule book? There are no rules. Well, I mean, well, you just told me that the horse has to wait 24 hours after breeding. So there's rules. Oh, well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. You know, they can't. So who, who made the creators of the game. I don't know what their names are, but there's a couple of guys that created this. <laughs> They're worth millions. Yeah, and they make updates to it all the time. So you know what this reminds me of, actually, is I heard a story. Uh, I was listening to a podcast somewhere, and they were talking that like the, these funny news stories. And this reminds me, there was a guy in the U.K. that is a, he's some sort of a art artist of some sort, and he sold to some other guy in the U.K. his artwork for 18,000 euros or something like that, but it doesn't actually exist. It only existed in his brain. So the guy bought it from him for 18,000 euros or whatever the number was, something stupid, and he just had to explain to him what was going on in his brain. The guy's like, yeah, I want that, and he bought it. So he bought the guy's intellectual property, I suppose. What? Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's just like what we're talking about right now. So if we're in that, we're in the same realm, fellas. Yeah, but mine can race. I can see. Yeah, mine, you can see the horses. That, that, that guy other. in Europe's uh, <laughs> a little 
off kilter there if he's trying to buy someone's brain. Tyler can at least see the horses run. Wait a minute. You're oh, telling me I can charge people $18,000 just to talk? <laughs> I keep coming on here every morning and we're not charging anything? So I want to know how do I watch your horses race? Well, I'll send you a link. Uh, there's a race <laughs> oh, at 10 I'll yeah. send it to yes. you. Yes. Can you please tell me, can you put your wife on the three-way phone here so you can tell her we're not going to go to lunch because I have to sit around and watch Tyler's fake horse run? Can I bet on your horse, Tyler? Um. Yes, but we've never done it, so I I don't know how to do that. I wouldn't know how to tell you where it's to start. It's not Pete Rose. He's not betting on his yeah. own, to, to win or lose. But you can't. Well, I want to bet on Tyler's horse. Tyler's my buddy. I trust his horses are the best. Don't. 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 We don't. saw it yeah. run this morning. Yeah, it stinks. It, 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 <laughs> no, yeah. he's dominant. He's he's unbelievably dominant. We have he one, came in what tenth? That's a good thing. We have one good horse. Uh, the other 19, we've got a couple decent ones, but most of them not ideal. Uh, but we have one dominant horse who's about to run at 1054. I'll send you the link. You can either watch it in 2D or 3D, whichever right. you prefer. If you're yeah. on your phone, I'd, I'd suggest in 2D because the 3D is a little much. But if you're pulling up your laptop, yeah, throw it on in 3D. Uh, it's great. Okay. JR, like a good underdog. Well, while you're doing that, what do you get, Jared? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, have you ever seen the movie Tron? And not the remake, or not the re- the sequel, the original 1980s Tron. Is that what I'm about to watch? Pretty much. Yes. yes. <laughs> Perfect. That's While great. you're watching it, uh, press box transition. Why don't you sip from a daiquiri? A daiquiri of passion yeah. fruit. That's what you got for us today? Yeah, man. So the, the, you know, the 19th of July is National Daiquiri Day, and um, I like to talk about the daiquiri because even today when I talk about that cocktail, even amongst my peers in the business, everybody seems to think it's this, you know, frozen strawberry slushy thing that you get from a machine on the strip, right? right. And, and in all reality, that's not a daiquiri whatsoever. That's the bastardized version of what the daiquiri is. Um, the daiquiri is very three very simple parts, right? It's rum, sugar, and lime. That's it. And so when you make a daiquiri, it's almost, you know, if you swap in tequila, you're making a margarita. It's a very simple switch, and that's what a lot of this mixology is. Uh, but the daiquiri was originally, at least allegedly, created by a, a, a gold miner or a miner in, in Cuba in the early 1900s, late 1800s, Jennings Cox. And he, uh, I guess, built this drink with limes because they were there, rum because it was there. And then, you know, obviously that's a little bitter, so he added some sugar, and boom, the daiquiri was created. Um, originally, the drink was served over crushed ice, uh, as typical, and as you'll see, like a lot of people, also the other famous Cuban drink, the mojito, some people like that over crushed ice as well, uh, but they kind of all they all kind of fit in this realm, right? If you think about the mojito and the daiquiri, if you take a daiquiri which is white rum, lime juice, and sugar, and you add club soda and mint, now you have a mojito. So it's very all in the same kind of family tree, if you will, right? Uh, so he created this drink in the early 1900s, brought it back to the United States, and then we started kind of catching on. Uh, the daiquiri somehow over. The over the years got switched into that thing that we see on Las Vegas Strip that people are putting in three yard long things and wearing around their neck. Um, it's just not that. It's not that at all. So you can do a lot of different variations with it, and there are a lot of different recipes, right? Depending on how much rum you want to use, what kind of rum you use, um, what kind of sugar you use, and what I mean by that is like, is it a syrup of some sort or is it granulated sugar? Is it uh, demerara sugar, which is uh, uh, kind of more of a of a brownish style sugar. Is it you know what if you're using limes? Are you squ- fresh squeezing the limes? Is it not fresh lime juice? What? How are you doing it? And then how much 
citrus do you want? Do you want it more acidic, more lime juice, less sugar, or more equally balanced? And everybody's palate is a little bit different. I personally like what is basically a 2-1-1 recipe. So I use an ounce and a half of rum, three-quarter ounces of sugar, and three-quarter ounces of fresh lime juice. And that's how I like to make my daiquiris. The way I'm going to do it today is I'm going to use Mount Gay Black Barrel because Mount Gay, you can use a white rum, like if you're using, you know, typical uh, Cuban style or Puerto Rican style rum, like Havana Club, like Don Q, something like that. Um, or I'm going to use Mount Gay, which is Mount Gay Black Barrel, which is, uh, is, is, is from Barbados, more flavorful, big and bold and, and bodied. So you'll get more flavor out of this daiquiri than you would other daiquiris because of the style of rum. So I'm using three uh, ounce and a half of that in addition to three-quarter ounces of passion fruit syrup. Now, um, I'm using liquid alchemist passion fruit syrup. It's, you can find liquid alchemist passion fruit syrup in the stores, um, in, like your, in like liquor world or your liquor stores uh, is, is who will carry that. But if you, if, you don't have, um, if you don't have that, you can use any kind of sugar. If you just have simple syrup, you can use syrup, three-quarter ounces. Or if you find a different sugar that you like, use it. So it doesn't really matter. It will just change the flavor, but the recipe itself stays the same. Three-quarter ounces as well of fresh lime juice. Three-quarter ounces of lime. Three-quarter ounces of sugar. And three-quarter ounces. I'm here. Okay. What's what's happening there? You okay? You all good? Say that again. I'm sorry. What's happening here? We, We started losing you just at the very end there, but we'd get every third word. I'm back. I'm back. Three-quarter ounces of fresh lime juice, three-quarter ounces of sugar, and an ounce and a half of your rum, whatever that rum may be for you. Combine them all with ice and shake the ingredients together and strain it into a cocktail glass. That's, and then you can garnish it with a lime wheel. You can garnish it with a lime peel, anything like that. It's perfect for the daiquiri. It's the wind. This kid's getting blown out the scaffolding in California because he's watching his kid talk to coaches. That's what's happening. It's the wind. We can barely hear you. JR, do you hear me? Yes. I'm gone? No, no, you're here. You're here. Do okay. you blame the bad uh, palates and taste buds of Americans for why the daiquiri has been bastardized into this slushy thing? No, it's not necessarily bad, but, you know, one of the things that we've discovered over time is that Americans in particular think, oh, I like, you know, I like brute champagne. I like it dry. I like it really dry. I want. I don't want too much sugar. And then in reality, they like a lot of sugar. See our friend Ed Graney uh, as the perfect <laughs> example of people who like sugar, right? They, you know, now Ed will tell you he likes sugar, but a lot of people don't think they like things sweet. And then when they taste something that's actually kind of dry, they think it's bitter. And until so you add an obscene amount of sugar to it, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's what I like. And they're like, well, you like sugar. You So... The reason probably in America that the daiquiri has bastardized into this sweet thing is because we just crave sugar so much um, that people aren't used to it. So when you taste a real daiquiri and it's well-made, it's balanced, it's, it's, quite, it's quite nice, right? Uh, most people have never had the opportunity to experience a daiquiri and, uh, the right way, a shaken daiquiri like I just talked about. So what they wind up getting it, it, when they have it for the first time is quite a a pleasurable experience because they're like, wow, I didn't think it could be this good. And it is, it's the same thing when you make a Mai Tai for the first time, a real Mai Tai for somebody for the first time. Uh, they had no idea that it actually tastes that great because they're used to the version that they find in a restaurant that thinks it's a Mai Tai and it's not even close. 
Find it all on Instagram at JR Makes Drinks. You can find them on Twitter at JR Starkus. Brought to you by Liquor World, Southern Glazed Wine Spirits, Nevada. I don't know what gave you that idea. Maybe it's the extra Java chips and extra drizzle in the Frappuccino. <laughs> Be safe and healthy. We'll talk to you next week. I sent you a link for the horse yeah, race. Yeah, you got the link for the horse race, buddy. Look it up. All right. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, doing wiffle ball with that kid on the beach. <laughs> I want to play wiffle ball on the beach. All right. Jared's yelling at us to take a break. <laughs> We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Shout out to Creative Exposure LV on Twitter. He wanted to get a link to the fake horse racing. So I tweeted that out. If you want to watch our horse race in about an hour from now, it's on Twitter. You should, uh, well, he's probably asleep by now, but I was going to say you should send, see, you should send the link to Millard because he actually said so much for sleep. I've been reading about these <laughs> fake horses. So he's probably at wide awake in Tokyo right now, and you should send him the link so he can watch a fake horse run. I should. Has he Stark bought one yet? I don't, I don't know if he's bought one. I can Well, what would he buy it with? He's in Tokyo. What if he bought it with you? What if you bought it with the end? <laughs> you buy How it may- with Ethereum. You buy it with a cryptocurrency. <laughs> I, you can buy the cryptocurrency with whatever you want. Never know that. Never had. Well, I don't have real <laughs> currency. Never mind cryptocurrency. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't have real money. Never mind like fake money. Do what? you carry cash? Let me see. <laughs> this used to be a bit on the press box. They wouldn't tell me when. Pritch and Clay would say, "Take out your wallet, see how much." More often than not. Zero dollars. I do Nothing. have a I do have a uh, business card from Arn, who when I went to get my credential the other day for USA Basketball, he goes, "What's your name?" And I said, "He goes, oh, I read you sometimes." I'm like, yeah, what the hell is that? Sometimes I'm like, okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> it's like I read you sometimes. It's like, a slight. Yeah, it's a slight. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but then I, I think it was okay because he goes, "Let me give you my card." I'm like, okay, I guess so. So that's uh, where we're at. Absolutely. Zero dollars. More often than not, it will be zero dollars. So, how often do you use cash to buy something? Oh, never. Okay, always, never. 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 Do you? No. No. The only time is like tipping people. The I, only time I use any cash to buy something is if I find twenty dollars in the wife's wallet when she's not looking. I, then I actually have. Split it out. I mean, it's fifty fifty. I'm doing a lot for that twenty bucks, my friend. I gotta go right from here. I told you I gotta leave here right away to get home for a Zoom with Tom Flores. I'm working all the time. Am I the only one that genuinely like? If you give me like I I have to pay with cash like that like, really it, it's got there's I must be oh, something in my brain where it's like I have to go to the ATM I have to take yeah. out the cash therefore I'm like I've created a ledger in my brain of okay that's this the is first my... time I've heard that in a long time I do not know many people my wife has cash in, in, in the pocketbook I know this for reasons I don't think she uses it I think she it's, I think it's cards I don't even know why she has cash in there maybe just to have it but everything's cards yeah. I, I I don't know many people. Even my kids are pretty much all cards. Yeah. I, you, I mean, I would have guessed you would have been the one in the room that would have actually used cash. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, my dad uses cash. No. My dad loves I don't have cash. any cash ever. Yeah. I, that's ever. how we all should I mean, be. it was usually a bit on our show. <laughs> one day, for whatever reason, I had like 80 bucks and they fainted. <laughs> and, I, and I don't even remember why I had it, but they like fainted. Like, Pritch almost fainted. Like, you, you just <laughs> literally – they literally was like – they're like, did you – did, did, Did you, you grab your son's wallet? <laughs> Bonnie had a lot in the wallet today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's twenty at a time because if it's a lot, then she'll notice. You know, because she's got cash. Twenty at a time. I mean, you go forty. It's like, hey, who's been in the wallet? What are you she, doing with the cash if you take it? I usually just keep it in the wallet to have it. Oh, okay. I know. Right. Well, like if I go get a bagel or something, I'll, if I have cash in the wallet, 
and I go to like get a big, I will use that cash. I just never have it in the wallet. I mean, I probably have like 40 bucks in my wallet right you now. You do? It's probably been there oh. for months. I haven't had 40 bucks in my wallet till she made an ATM run. <laughs> <laughs> but if she doesn't make an ATM, how many do you have? Jared, what do you got? Jared's got a wow, $100, $100 bill. Wow, $100 bill. That'll buy you a horse. That has to <laughs> You can no, buy a you can buy a fake that horse. Literally, insane. You don't have no, money. What yeah, I'm saying don't you is, tell me that's for rent. That's for uh, a horse. No, that's to, has to last me until the thirtieth. I don't care. Buy a horse. The horse will return profit. Uh, that is well. my that is my cigarette and energy drink money. Starkus tweeting me or texting me. I can't wait to watch this race. Yes, I sent him the link oh as well. Oh my god! Oh my god! We're in, baby. Let's go. The oh, horses disaster. are coming for you. He better oh, win. No. He better win. It's on Twitter. JR Starkus has it. It's a big audience. We're going to crash the servers because so many people are watching Fake Horse race to first.